Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. What up, world? Welcome and all to another episode of The Ocho, presented to you in partnership, as always, with SB Nation's bloggingtheboys.com. My name is RJ Ochoa. You know me, of course, from BTB and from right here as your humble host on The Ocho. It is Monday, September 21st, 2020. We hope all is well wherever you are. We hope you're happy, safe, healthy, and we want to wish you a very happy first victory polo Monday of the season. It is our official Dallas Cowboys postgame show here on The Ocho, so you might be listening to this on Sunday, maybe on Monday. I don't know what you got going on because I know you're celebrating America's team now one and one on the season thanks to an incredibly dramatic 40-39 to last second game-winning field goal win by the Cowboys over the Atlanta Falcons. They are undefeated in AT&T Stadium this season. Matt Ryan and Calvin Ridley really went off all day long, but the Cowboys managed to scratch and claw and fight their way back into the game thanks to a couple of you know mistakes and missteps by the Falcons themselves, but also thanks to an incredibly heroic performance by Dak Prescott. We're going to get into it all. I do want to remind you that we will have shows all week long here on the Blog and the Boys Podcast Network. We give you two episodes every single day. You get this show, The Ocho, every morning to kind of update you on the latest headlines, news nuggets, whatever's going on in the world of the Cowboys. And then every afternoon, we give you a meteor show, kind of dives deeper, a little bit more analysis, a little bit more discussion with plenty of different people. We have lots of great contributors here on the Blog and the Boys Podcast Network, as it is a Monday, you will hear from Kelsey Charles and Meg Murray on the latest episode of Girls Talking Boys. I'm sure GTB will be a lot of fun as they celebrate the first win of the season. But 40 to 39, Cowboys win, Falcons lose. The Falcons blew a 28 to 3 lead in Houston. The Falcons blew a 20 to nothing lead in Arlington. If the Falcons ever play a game in San Antonio, man, watch out because they're going to find a way to blow that lead. Now, let's be clear. The Dallas Cowboys won, and that's a great thing. And Victory Polo Monday, and if you don't know what that is, by the way, you're new around here, you wear a polo. Or it doesn't have to be a polo, a cap, or a shirt, or a handkerchief, nail polish, socks, whatever the case may be. If you have a Cowboys song on your heart, that's really all Victory Polo Monday is. Take a picture, take a selfie, tweet it at me. I'm at RJ Ochoa. Tag me on Instagram. I'm at RJ Ochoa there as well. Tag us on Twitter. We're at Blogging the Boys. We are blogging.the.boys on Instagram. Share your Victory Polo Monday celebration, and we will, of course, share it so that Cowboys fans all over the world can celebrate the win together. But yeah, I mean, that's awesome, right? The Cowboys won, and we're all really excited, and we're all really happy about that. But man, there are some lessons to take away from this game. And, you know, this is the best type of situation, especially early on, if you're going to play like Basuda, the way the Cowboys did uh, for maybe, I'll say a whole half, maybe a half and a half, uh, because the Cowboys were just really, really, really bad. And if you're going to play bad, and, you know, typically when you lose is when you, you reassess, right? You say, man, we lost. What do we have to do better? It's really nice when, you know, you have those stumbles, you have those missteps, but you're still able to learn those lessons without 
having to pay the consequences of losing like the Cowboys won't have to themselves. So that is certainly nice to see. But um, okay, so what 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 went wrong? Well, stop running on first down, Cowboys. I mean, we we said this after the loss last week against the Los Angeles Rams. What are you doing? You have as evidenced one of the best young quarterbacks in the game. Throw the ball on first down, and the Cowboys just did not want to. They did not believe for whatever reason in passing on first down until it became necessary, and then, whoa, pretty weird how things kind of turned around and the offense started humming and moving along. But, I mean, even if they had been passing on first down to be, I don't know if I want to be fair or whatever the case may be, um, it was a bad, bad, bad start for the Cowboys offensively. The first three possessions of the game, Atlanta punts after a three and out. Cowboys punt after a three and out. Atlanta punts after a three and out. Then the Cowboys fumble. Oh, man, that sucks. Then Atlanta scores a touchdown. Oh, man, that sucks. Then the Cowboys fumble again. Oh, man, that sucks. And then the Falcons score a touchdown again. So you've got back-to-back fumbles by the Cowboys, both of which turned into Falcons touchdowns. It's 14 to nothing. Then all of a sudden, the Cowboys... Cowboys are in a situation where they have to punt again and they try a fake punt and all of this in the first quarter by the way if you somehow missed it and I don't have a problem with running fake punts and this will be a point later on Um, and I know that that's kind of a John Fossil thing but if you are running a fake punt down 14 to nothing on your side of the field early in the first quarter or maybe not early but you know in the in the first quarter is early in general then you, I mean, the desperation is high. I mean, that that is clearly what that was. It was clearly a desperate plea for the Cowboys to try to pull something off. So they turned the ball over on downs. The defense at that point has already surrendered two touchdowns. They managed to hold the Falcons to a field goal. So it's 17 to nothing. And the Cowboys go out and fumble again. How do you have three out of four possessions end off of a fumble? Just, I mean, overall, very, 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 very sloppy performance from the Cowboys early on, and they dug themselves a hole. They dug themselves a hole because then Atlanta goes and gets another field goal, so it's 20 to nothing. That's how this lead came to be, and that was when the Cowboys really still were you know, running the ball on first down, but had to change a little bit of what they were doing offensively, and to be clear, you know, there was a lot of hesitation coming into this game about the status of Tyron Smith, a lot of people wondering if he would be healthy. He did not play in this game. The Dallas Cowboys who, you know, people, you know, the, the average and, you know, person that you talk to, I, I think that, you know, I've talked to a friend of the show, Bobby Belt, about this. We all develop these biases, right? Um, you know, like we all think like, man, the, the Steelers are really good at finding linebackers, right? Like we all develop these biases that, that just kind of come with the way we grow up watching football. And there are people that still believe the Cowboys have one of the best offensive lines in the NFL. And they have one of the best offensive linemen in the NFL in Zach Martin and certainly in Tyron Smith, but when Tyron Smith's not in there, it is, whoa, bad. I mean, and and bad is is maybe fair, but maybe harsh, and the Cowboys' offensive line was bad because they had two undrafted free agents, one of whom was playing his second NFL game ever in Terrence Steele, the other UDFA, of course, Brandon Knight. The Cowboys had undrafted free agents, one in his second game ever, the other in his second season ever, protecting Dak Prescott on the outside, and he was, of course, getting killed. I mean, that was going to happen. And so maybe the Cowboys offensive line depth 
isn't you know, I was gonna say isn't exactly what we thought, but I mean it's it's been tested and that's that's football, right? I mean Tyron Smith is hurt, Lyle Collins is on injured reserve, Cam Irving's on injured reserve, and so the Cowboys now are down three offensive tackles and have to figure things out. And so, you know, it's you know, not a lot of teams have a really great option as their fourth offensive tackle on their team. And so as unfortunate of a situation as that is, you've got to find a way to adjust and to adapt. And I think that we did see the Cowboys do that in the second half of this game. There was more two tight end sets, more helping out their offensive line and their offensive tackle specifically because they were getting destroyed and they were getting beat. And that was when the offense started moving, started grooving, started to find a way. Dak Prescott really getting comfortable. And, you know, we actually saw a point where Dak Prescott delivered a great pass to Dalton Schultz, who I want to talk about in a second. Uh, Took a shot. It it kind of looked like his head may have just kind of kicked back a little bit. And he went into the medical tent. And that's never something you want to see. This was at the time, um, you know, when people thought a comeback was more feasible than it ultimately ended up being. Uh, and Dak Prescott had to miss two plays. Andy Dalton, I, I loved on first and goal, Andy Dalton's first play after the Schultz catch. Cowboys went play action, but the reality is that Andy Dalton is just not Dak Prescott, doesn't have the same athleticism, regardless of whatever Twitter may have told you back in May and June. But um, Andy Dalton unable to get the Cowboys into the end zone. Dak Prescott comes back after the Cowboys almost got in on another Antoine Woods package with Zeke Elliott and sneaks it in himself. And Dak Prescott, I mean, Dak was marvelous in this game overall. 34-47, 450 passing yards, a touchdown through the air. Shot it again, Dalton Schultz. Three touchdowns on the ground, two of them quarterback sneaks, the other off a great RPO. I mean, Dak was was fabulous. And by the way, Dak Prescott became the first player in NFL history to throw for over 400 yards and have three rushing touchdowns in the same game. That is obviously an extremely rare thing. So shout out to Dak Prescott for, for pulling that off. I mean, NFL history, no big deal, kind of awesome. But um, the, the point I was making is Dak Prescott, Prescott, after the injury scare or injury moment, whatever you want to call it, comes in after the Cowboys can't punch it in the end zone and sneaks it in himself. The dude is a badass. The dude is a warrior. And if you or somebody you know does not acknowledge this by this point, I mean, you know, I don't know what to tell you. I really don't because this guy, you know, think about this. This is a contract year for Dak Prescott. And it's a pandemic and and that is affecting literally the whole world. This is a contract year for him. His team was down 20 to nothing in his home debut I mean, he had UDFAs as his tackles, and he still willed his team back from a 20 to nothing deficit to ultimately win 40 to 39. It was very impressive stuff. And, and you know, all the shout outs in the world to Dak Prescott, who was without question the MVP of the Cowboys so far, uh, two games into the season. But I want to talk about Dalton Schultz because Dalton Schultz, a lot of people bagged on last week, uh, obviously had the critical drop on second and six and a drop later in the game against the Rams. And a lot of people were, you know, go, go get Delaney Walker, go do this. What's going to happen? Dalton Schultz sucks. Dalton Schultz is terrible. I thought Dalton Schultz was great. He, he wasn't as great of a blocker in this game as Blake Bell was. And, and shout out to Blake Bell, too, for really kind of delivering. Uh, Blake Bell ultimately ended up with two catches for 34 yards, if you care about that. But Dalton Schultz, 10 targets, the target leader for the Cowboys. We know that Dak Prescott loves his tight ends. 10 targets, 9 catches, 90% catch rate for Dalton Schultz, 88 yards, and the lone touchdown reception on the day for the Cowboys. He delivered, and he stepped up in a very big way. It was, by the way, his first receiving touchdown of the season. Of course, the Cowboys' fourth-round pick out of Stanford two years ago. So congratulations to Dalton Schultz. He was marvelous. I thought this was – I mean, you know – 
we're two games in here, so it's not like we have a large sample size, but this was by far the best version of CeeDee Lamb that we have seen. I know it's only two games. Six catches, 106 yards, had just you know some really great yak moments, the yak god, yak of lamb, whatever you want to call him. A lot of great nicknames floating around for CeeDee on Twitter and the like. Um, th- this this was a great CeeDee day for sure. I mean, CeeDee was awesome and, and really you know had some sparks, I thought, uh, in the punt return game, and CeeDee really had a great move late in the game as the Cowboys were trying to get that game-winning field goal, so CD was great. Michael Gallup had an amazing catch, and we still saw some funny injuries. Michael Gallup, by the way, the offensive captain this game for the Dallas Cowboys, which was very cool to see. Uh, and Zeke Elliott, you know, it's it's fair to say that the Cowboys are trying to establish the run too much. I totally agree with that. You know, they're running on first down, blah, blah, blah. But I thought that when Zeke, you know, when it, when it became time to get serious, I really thought Zeke did play well. I would certainly prefer that the Cowboys don't run the ball as much, but I thought Zeke was great from a statistical perspective. 22 carries, 89 yards, had a touchdown himself. Um, if you're a fantasy player and you have Zeke on your fantasy team, maybe you're upset at the fact that uh, Dak Prescott ended with three rushing touchdowns and Zeke didn't have any. Um, but or sorry, Zeke only had one, but uh, still a great performance from Zeke nonetheless. Uh, you know, defensively, the Cowboys had just an incredibly difficult time stopping Calvin Ridley. It, it wasn't that big of a day from Julio Jones, and in fact, this you know the Cowboys had a lot of things go their way. Um, some some moments, some I don't want to say some penalties, but some weird things because that's the way football is. Football can be very weird, and we'll talk about the onside kick uh, and what went their way there. But, you know, Julio Jones had what could have been a game-sealing catch, and, you know, Julio arguably had the game-sealing catch in the other game that Atlanta blew in the state of Texas in Super Bowl 51, that amazing catch he had, but Julio just dropped this unbelievable throw um, that, that went his way. It really was just unbelievable that, that Julio couldn't haul it in. You know, Russell Gage uh, threw one pass in this game, but lined up in the wildcat twice I believe and really I mean just an incredible throw where he found Julio Jones and Julio just I mean flat out dropped it he beat Trayvon Diggs and just dropped it it it, you know you don't see that a lot from NFL wide receivers of that caliber but it did happen of course to Julio and obviously it benefited the Cowboys and you know but but to get to Calvin Ridley seven catches 109 yards two touchdowns he's got four receiving touchdowns on the season so far so uh certainly a fantasy hero in his own right Calvin Ridley is but the Cowboys had no answer. I mean, defensively, what are you doing, Cowboys? I mean, we, we have heard and we have hyped up, and we're part of that too here at Blog on the Boys, and we, we have hyped up this pass rush from the Cowboys, and Alden Smith kind of delivered on that a little bit last week, but... Demarcus Lawrence did not play well in this game and he was off to the side and wasn't in the game for parts of it and there's a question I think Uh, we'll obviously learn more as all this happens I'm recording this just to give you full context in about the third quarter of the afternoon games on Sunday Bryson DeChambeau did just win the U.S. Open by the way so congratulations to him a Dallas resident himself looks a lot like Leighton Vanderish his first major championship but anyway um, you know defensively the Cowboys were a mess you know I I tweeted and I got dragged for this on Twitter and I was caught up in the moment if you want the full context of the tweet I tweeted that Jalen Smith was playing well um and he was in the moment that I tweeted it, he'd had a great moment and I thought that Jalen had some nice moments certainly better than week one but overall definitely not even the best linebacker on the team I mean right now Joe Thomas is the best linebacker on the Dallas Cowboys that's not hyperbolic that's not stretching the truth that's not exaggerating Joe Thomas is the 
best linebacker on the Dallas Cowboys. A former Cowboys linebacker, by the way, was on the other team in Keith Smith, who had uh, a nice moment for the Atlanta Falcons, a nice fourth down conversion the uh, the Falcons fullback did. Um, Trayvon Diggs, I mentioned, got beat and, and got beat a couple of times. This was definitely a tougher task for Trayvon than the week one game against the Rams. Almost had an interception, almost. And, and I thought that a friend of, our, friend of the show, Dave Hellman, had a great tweet, kind of, you know, Randall Cobb-ish Trayvon Diggs is right now, just kind of flirting with the big play, uh, but not really making the big play quite yet himself. Uh, but Trayvon Diggs is going to be special. He's going to be great. Jordan Lewis was not very good. Um, in fact, it's it's hard to find defensive players for the Cowboys that have played well in both of their games so far. I would put Joe Thomas up there. I would put Trayvon Diggs up there, and I would put Tristan Hill up there. Tristan Hill maybe had the best individual defensive performance of any Cowboys player on Sunday against the Falcons and this is going off of the first watch of the game um, so you know apologies for the you know not super uh, dissected point of view yet but I thought Tristan Hill was amazing the type of game that again doesn't show up in the box score but but kudos to Tristan man I mean so many people were burying him and saying he was trash and it was garbage and I remember when I when Everson Griffin joined the Cowboys I tweeted something about how um, he was going to have to find a new jersey number because 97 was Tristan Hills at the time and I got all sorts of replies that were well Tristan's not even going to make the team and, and etc and so um, you know Gerald McCoy ultimately got hurt and, and that obviously opened up the door for some more opportunities for Tristan but Tristan has definitely made the most of them and I think that he is without question one of the more ascending players at least for the Cowboys defensively and he's somebody that's worth getting excited about uh, we got some questions so we're going to dive into them we're going to talk about special teams and what happened there of course the uh, the incredible onside kick we'll get to all of that in just a second but before before we do, we're going to take a very quick break to hear a word from our sponsors. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome back, everybody. It is the Ocho, the official Dallas Cowboys postgame show right here on the Blog and the Boys podcast network. I am RJ Ochoa. Of course, you know me from blogandtheboys.com. And if you do want to hear me on another podcast, as it is Monday, although you might be listening to this late on Sunday, so uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, if you do want to hear more of me, you can hear me on Monday, Football Monday, on the SB Nation NFL show at SB Nation. We did launch a new NFL podcast where we cover the league as a whole. And like I said, I'm on the Monday show with Pete Sweeney and Michael Kist. 
we, uh, you know, as uh, as you can imagine, we recap everything that went down the Sunday before, so you can hear us uh, this coming Monday at about lunchtime is typically when that episode gets out. We'll, of course, have a lot to say on what the Cowboys did against the Falcons. I'm sure that we'll talk about the Eagles dropping to 0-2. Uh, we'll talk about, man, just so many unfortunate injuries. What a brutal day across the NFL. Um, no real big injuries coming from the Cowboys game on the Cowboys side of the ball. Obviously, they entered this game with so many injuries, and I think we're going to see maybe, um, you know, if if things kind of go the way they normally do in terms of the way the NFL is covered, I would imagine that we'll hear a lot about this coming week about the lack of a preseason and, and the way training camp was different and how that's affecting all these injuries. And I'm not a doctor, and so I certainly can't speak to those um, those merits and those levels, but um, I, I do think that that type of discussion is coming our way. But speaking of discussion, uh, we tweeted out four questions for your thoughts, for your concerns, as it relates to the Dallas Cowboys 40-39 to win, dramatic win over the Atlanta Falcons. So let's go ahead and get to your tweets again. You can follow me on Twitter or Instagram at RJ Ochoa. JMac22 on Twitter at John Mac Duh 22158953 says the two tight ends came to play. We covered this in the first half of the show. Yeah. Dalton Schultz, Blake Bell were great. I mean, honestly, that was the best thing you could have gotten from them in, in your first game without Blake Jarwin. And so very, very, very impressed by what Dalton Schultz and Blake Bell were able to do for the Cowboys in this particular game. Chris Randall on Twitter at Chris Randall, that's R-A-N-D-E-L-L, says, could you also compare what the Cowboys did this year to supplement the loss of Smith at left tackle compared to last year? We did something right this year. Now the Cowboys obviously have some, you know, some players, some lines of depth, if you want to call it that, um, but they're down, right? We know that Lyle Collins, and we know that Cam Irving are on injured reserve. We know that Tyron Smith did not play this game. The Cowboys do have Brandon Knight, who I would argue was their best rookie in 2019. If you look at last year's rookie class, the way they performed in their rookie season specifically, I would argue that Brandon Knight was the best player of that particular group, just because I don't think Tony Pollard did anything in his rookie year to really kind of, um, you know, give a lot of kudos for that particular season. Although we'll get to a Tony Pollard point here in a second. The Cowboys did also find Terrence Steele, an undrafted free agent from Texas Tech, uh, after the draft this year. And so I, I think as far as supplementing, and I think the Cowboys at least, you know, they, they prepared. And, and I think maybe that's the point. Uh, the Cowboys know that Tyron Smith is not going to play a full game, a full season, excuse me, as evidenced by the fact that he missed week two. We'll see what his status is for week three on the road against the Seattle Seahawks, who have not played at the time of this recording, although I would imagine that they do beat the New England Patriots, but we'll see. Um, so yeah, I, I think, you know, like I said earlier, it's, it's hard to have legitimate depth as your fourth option to tackle, but I think the Cowboys brought in a lot of bodies to be prepared and it helped them at least survive against the Atlanta Falcons and I thought that again you know using their tight ends to stay back and to block and to buy deck even just a little bit more incremental amount of time really made the difference in the second half and that is the disposition that is different in in terms of you know what is the biggest overall difference from Jason Garrett to Mike McCarthy because we all know what happened in Atlanta in 2017 Uh, but really quickly on Tony Pollard the Cowboys did open this game in 20 personnel so they didn't even have a tight end at first until they realized it was necessary from a blocking perspective um, and the first two handoffs of the game actually went to Tony Pollard so that was um, that was very 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 interesting uh, Chris Randall although excuse me although uh, Chris Randall also wants to know for about our thoughts on John Fossil this is a great point because 
Special teams was a big part, a big reason why the Cowboys won this game, of course. Uh, the onside kick there at the end, and obviously the last-second field goal by Greg Zerline. Greg Zerline did miss his first field goal as a member of the Dallas Cowboys in his former home last week on the road against the Los Angeles Rams, but since then, he's been money. Um, not that there have been a lot of kicks since then, but you get my point. And I will say that overall, overall, I think we're all disappointed in Mike McCarthy as a whole. Um, I had, I had told some people this thought this past week, um, I'd said it in some radio hits, but I hadn't said it here on the Ocho. Um, I worry, I'm not saying this is the case, but I worry because people are talking about how Mike McCarthy, um, may have used some smoke and mirrors in his interviews. And by people talking, I mean like Twitter, just to be very clear. Um, people are concerned that, that Mike McCarthy may have falsely advertised who he is in his interview with the Cowboys when he, um, you know, when he became their head coach, when he interviewed to be their head coach, he talked about analytics and pro football focus, and blah, blah, blah. And nothing we have seen to this point really kind of, you know, jives with that, to be frank, right? We haven't seen this guy who's supremely analytically minded. Now, I do think the decision to go for it on fourth down in Los Angeles was driven from a bedrock of analytics. And I also believe that the, the point in the decision to go for two when the Cowboys did against the Falcons was born out of an analytical disposition. We'll get to that in a second as well. Um, but, but ultimately, and we're two games in, I mean, it is such a small sample size. There is concern, right? I'm sure you feel concern. Now, what I have equated this to uh, in, in a potential level of circumstance is it could potentially be like, you know how some players um, train for the combine specifically, right? Like some college football players, they train to be good at these drills because performing well at the combine obviously ups your draft stock, et cetera. It, it, you know, the, the worst, you know, hypothetical is that that's what the situation is with Mike McCarthy, that he trained in that same sort of sense, how to interview to be a head coach as opposed to how to be a head coach, if that makes sense. And the Cowboys just, you know, took the bait, whatever you want to call it. And so, to get to the point here, I was really pumped about the John Fossil hiring because the Cowboys were a disaster on special teams last year. And I do not feel eased, honestly. It was a fantastic end from a drama standpoint, but I am very concerned about the state of the special teams for the Cowboys. Back to Tony Pollard. I mean, I don't know how many times, like I said, I've only watched the game once and we'll chart all these things at bloggingtheboys.com. But Tony Pollard took took kickoffs that were deep into the end zone out multiple times. I mean, four or five times. And and what are you doing, Tony? I mean, take the knee. I mean, you're losing yardage. You're, you're making things more difficult. And that's kind of what the Cowboys did as a whole here. The first fake punt, the, the Chris Jones pass that he left low for, uh, I mean, whatever reason. The second fake punt, the, the, I mean, a fourth and five run up the gut fake punt was, I mean, honestly, just dumb. I, and, and I'm not saying, you know, I can coach better in the NFL or anything like that. But, and I thought Daryl Johnston made a great point on the broadcast. If it's fourth and two and you want to, you know, you want to hike it that way and just, you know, plow your way up through the middle of the offensive line or whatever, I mean, you've got some chance of success at that. But on fourth and five, that is never going to work. And I thought Cynthia Freeland, the analytics expert from NFL Media's group, made a great point in that sometimes, you know, these tricks um, are, are not, you know, are not driven from a point of uh, forward thinking. They're they're just tricks, right? Like and they're ju- they're just smoke and mirrors. They're just parlor tricks, and and that's what the concern could be: the fake punts, the bringing it out of the end zone, things like that. That there is 
too much of the Cowboys trying to overthink or outsmart themselves that leads to ultimately even worse decisions than they originally had going on. And so from a special teams perspective, I think the Cowboys are really not that great right now, to be honest. Um, I, I, I thought that, you know, it was a fun end, and it will be fun to watch again, and it's a fun game to talk about and to revisit years from now, etc. But like the Julio Jones thing, I mean, the onside kick, the Cowboys got incredibly lucky on. I mean, it was an incredible kick from Greg Zerline to just kind of put it that way. Again, shout out to Bryson DeChambeau. But, I mean, the Cowboys benefited from the fact that the Falcons are just worse than them. I mean, the, the Falcons completely bottled that in that they just let that ball roll. I mean, any sensible player in the NFL dives on that before it gets to 10 yards. They just effectively let the Cowboys recover the onside kick. And so while it's cool that the Cowboys beat the Falcons, the Cowboys should in no way sit back this week and say, we're good. Our special teams are great. No, you got a lot of work to do, man. And so uh, that's my long way of saying that I am very, very, very concerned uh, about the state of the special teams. Chris Duran, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, on Twitter at Chris Duran 70 says, as a fan living in Philadelphia, how much leeway do I have to gloat tomorrow? You've got the bare minimum, I think, certainly. Uh, the Eagles are 0-2 on the season, and so... Uh, at the time of this recording, um, looking up right now, there are a few seconds left in the third quarter of the Cardinals-Washington game, and Arizona is up 20-3, to so it looks like the Cowboys and the Washington football team will be both 1-1 one one at day's end, and the Eagles and New York Giants are both 0-2. It's it's okay to admit that this division is trash, uh, but somebody's got to win it, and so I think you've you've got some some leeway, especially from the perspective of and I haven't watched all of that game yet to be totally transparent here, but from what I've gathered, Carson Wentz did not play well, and Dak Prescott balled out, so there's your leeway. Um, Brad Johnson, hopefully uh, not the uh, or you know actually hopefully the former uh, Dallas Cowboys quarterback, Super Bowl winner, Brad Johnson on Twitter at brjohnson23 says, what is it going to take to get the offense going in the first half? Does it need to be a change of philosophy? Seems to be no urgency until behind. You know what that is? I mean, and, and we talked about this last week. If you go look at last week's game against Los Angeles, the most successful from an efficiency standpoint drive that the Cowboys had was their drive at the end of the first half, their two-minute drive. It's because that's their most efficient offense. When Dak Prescott is moving and grooving and operating like the surgeon that he is, and this isn't to turn into a pay Dak thing. That's just simply the facts. I mean, you look at it, this game, the other, you know, and, and maybe this turns into our metaphorical discussion here, the other situation that everybody has a problem with is the two-point conversion. But before we get to the two-point conversion itself, the Cowboys were driving. I mean, they were moving and they were grooving, like I said, and they ultimately scored a touchdown and went for two and did not get it. We all know that. We all agree with that, and that's fine. But here is that drive. Okay, that drive started on their own 25-yard line. Dak Prescott to Dalton Schultz for six yards. Dak Prescott incomplete to CD. Dak Prescott to Blake Bell for 24 yards. Dak Prescott uh, t runs it himself for three yards. Dak Prescott incomplete to Michael Gallup. Dak Prescott to CD Lamb for 12 yards. Dak Prescott to Amari Cooper for four yards. By the way, what a sick throw uh, from Dak to Amari the bomb. That was just absolutely amazing. Anyway, continuing the draft. Dak Prescott to Dalton Schultz for eight yards. Dak Prescott to Noah Brown for eight yards. And then Dak Prescott hits Dalton Schultz uh, for 10 yards for the touchdown. Awesome. That's great. And that drive took three minutes. Three minutes, they covered 75 yards. And then what did the Cowboys do on the two-point conversion? They pitched it to Zeke Elliott. Pitching the ball is literally throwing the ball backwards, all right? It, that's that's literally what it is. And so to, to answer your question, I mean, you know, urgency – 
do more of that. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't, I don't know any other, you know, any brilliant way, any advanced way to say it. Do more of that. And the problem is, the, I mean, that two point conversion failed for a lot of reasons. But you know, at that point, think about it. Dak Prescott is on fire. Dak Prescott has led a drive that has kept you in the game at this point, and your decision on the two-point conversion that you absolutely have to have because prior to that touchdown, you were down 15 points. You decided to go for the two-point conversion at that point. So you absolutely have to have this two-point conversion and you take the ball out of his hands. And that, that's the problem. I mean, you know, Zeke Elliott is, is an awesome player. He's one of the best running backs in the NFL. There's no question about that. But who he is seems to, seems to be something that the Cowboys sort of are – mystified by right you know man we gotta feed Zeke you know like that that type of philosophy is in their brains and so they they steer away from Dak I mean that's 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 the problem uh but to get to the two-point conversion I want to be clear I have zero issues with going for two first when you're down 15 points if you want to go for two first I know that there was still uh some time left about five minutes left in the game at that point in time I know that some people say no you kick the extra point because you you make it a one possession game so you dictate what Atlanta does offensively et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I know but what if what if the Cowboys had gotten the two-point conversion right like you're, you're looking at it because the Cowboys missed the two-point conversion and I get that but the reason I like this particular way of going about it is the Cowboys didn't get a two-point conversion and I like knowing that information with the time that's left I want to know if I'm going to be down by eight points or nine points because of this situation with as much time left as possible because think about it I mean if you play things out the same way right like if you assume the Cowboys get two touchdowns one extra point and miss the two-point conversion well what if they miss that two-point conversion late in the game you don't have you know as much time whatever I mean you could play it out a million different ways and so I don't have a problem going for it my problem as mentioned is with regards to uh the play call the you know the pitch play to Zeke Elliott I mean you know um it is what it is but uh whatever uh Brady on Twitter at Backseat Brady says with the injuries that the Cowboys have had to start the season do you think it is enough to win the next game to make a run at the end of the year now let's be clear the Cowboys visit the Seattle Seahawks in week three and that is going to be tough I mean that is going to be some tough cookies in fact I'm gonna tell you right now I'm gonna pick the Cowboys to lose that game because I haven't seen the Seahawks yet on Sunday Night Football as mentioned but they are very good and Russell Wilson is right now um, Pat Mahomes is not playing well in this game I mean Pat Mahomes is still Pat Mahomes but Russell Wilson's playing like arguably the best player in the NFL and so I will pick the Cowboys to lose and then they've got to come home and host the Cleveland Browns and that could be tough too and so I mean the NFL NFL is tricky and week by week it's it's obviously difficult uh but I mean you know winning next week would go a long way to to answer um to answer that question um uh Taha I hope I'm pronouncing this correctly Taha Ahmed um on Twitter at Akuna Mataha that's uh Mataha M-A-T-A-H-A-A are you encouraged with the tackles play and how they seem to manage a lot better after the horrendous first quarter absolutely that's one of the only adjustments the Cowboys have made this season that I am a fan of um which is good I mean it's it's two weeks in and so that's a good thing uh Paul Aguirre on Twitter at the Pablo says when if does McCarthy take the play calling from Moore Moore's game plan is predictable and basic now Mike McCarthy did take play calling back during his time in Green Bay that was a huge story um Kellen Moore I, I, I hate to say it like anybody should be criticized I don't ever want any person to be criticized but 
Kellen Moore is not above criticism at this point. All right, the the off Mike, Mike McCarthy has said many times that this is Kellen Moore's offense. So he conceivably has left it all the way up to Kellen Moore, and it is yikes. I mean, for for reasons we have said. I, I mean, Dak Prescott can't play hero ball every week. That's literally the old version of the Seattle Seahawks. And so Kellen Moore, yeah, man. I mean, you know, you want everybody wanted to crown Kellen Moore this time last year. He has been very, very, very. I mean, very, very, very not good is a, a rough way to put it, but he has absolutely uh, been somebody that needs to improve himself. Um, so, you know, it is what it is. Ab03, uh, AB03 on Twitter says, does that onside kick work if the Falcons understand the rules? Uh, shout out once again to the Atlanta Falcons uh, for uh, just completely collapsing. Um, just absolutely completely collapsing. Uh, on Twitter, Slim. G V Brielle. So at Slim G V Brielle says, Is Jordan Lewis just rusty? How much stock do we put on his week two performance? I noted obviously a little while ago that Jordan Lewis played bad. I don't know. I mean, he is coming off injury, um, and that's fair. Um, no preseason or anything, all that stuff. It was his first taste of NFL action this year. Not great. Um, not great at all. Uh the Cowboys secondary looks, you know, looks bad uh for a lot of reasons. And so We'll see. Um, we'll see how it ultimately shakes out. But lots of reasons to be uh, concerned. But again, those are easier to digest, easier to take in when you are one and one as opposed to being zero and two. So congratulations to the Cowboys for getting the win again. Tomorrow is Victory Polo Monday. Take a picture, take a selfie of yourself repping your Dallas Cowboys. We will have a good time. We will share all of those photos. We will have so much coverage all week long. You're home for the best Dallas Cowboys coverage on the internet. Is of course blogging the boys. Boys.com, SB Nation's home for Dallas Cowboys content. Again, you can hear myself here every morning on the Ocho to give you the latest and greatest Dallas Cowboys headlines and every Monday on SB Nation, uh, you know, talking Monday football Monday stuff, the SB Nation NFL show. Subscribe to the SB Nation NFL show and the Blog of the Boys podcast network. Wherever you get your podcast, we are available on all major podcast platforms. Leave a rating, ride a review. Those things are super duper helpful and we appreciate them very much. Uh, I do want to say I finally with full attention watched into the spider-verse on saturday night and it was fantastic if anybody's looking for a movie to watch i know that that's a little bit of a late thing i had seen it before as mentioned but i hadn't i hadn't truly 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 like just sat down and only watched it i was like doing things at the time when i first watched it so uh it was remarkable it was incredible uh it was joyful it was spirited i really 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 enjoyed it um this was a fun game i know there are a lot of things to work on but this this is this is why football's fun, and this is why the internet's fun, and this is truly, I say this all the time, this is my favorite part about what I get to do, about blogging the boys, about our community, about everyone that is a part of this, because it is so much fun to experience things like this together. Twitter was a wild place, uh, at, you know, when the Cowboys would cover the onside kick and things like that, and so... It's uh, it's fun. I'm I'm just I'm really happy football season's here. I'm really happy to share it with you. I'm so we are all so grateful that you choose to make blogging the boys a part of your Dallas Cowboys experience, and uh, we hope that we improve it. And so um, yeah, like I said, girls talking boys. Kelsey Charles Meg Murray will be here later on today. Tomorrow we'll give you the seven five zero. Myself and Tony Casillas. Wednesday talking the star. Thursday broadcasting the boys. Friday GTB once again. Saturday Cowboys Oi with Mauricio Rodriguez. All entirely in Spanish. Uh, as we get ready to take on the Seattle Seahawks. It's going to be fun, going to be a good time, going to be scary. Uh, but ultimately, you know, like I said, it's going to be F-U-N. 
fun. So that about does it for our post-game show and for our Sunday slash Monday episode. Um, do me a huge favor, all right? Do me a gigantic favor. Just do me this huge, huge, huge favor. Have a great victory, Polo Monday, and have the best Monday of all time. You know why? Because you deserve it. We will see you manana, my friends. As always, go Cowboys and peace out.